0: Yada, yada, yada. Uh, whatever. That's fine. I, I get the idea. But the problem is they, they based promotion off of, like, anyone who's been in, I mean, I guess maybe this is the Air Force. I'm sure this applies in other, ones, other branches as well, too, like the bureau, the way the bureaucracy works. But when it comes to promotions, pretty much, like, your work stuff generally doesn't do anything to set you aside. Like, the way you come across in your yearly performance thing, you pretty much look even with anyone else who does the same job as you.
1: Welcome to How I Embraced the Suck, a podcast where you get to hear from veterans what life in the military is really like. I am your host, Walt, and before we start, you should know that I do not censor the show in any way you have been warned Today we got Jose with us, who uh, has been in the Air Force, but has not done much beyond that. <laughs> <clears throat> no, he's, he's uh, done quite a bit. What's up, Jose?
0: Uh, not much. Uh, just just hanging out. Just uh, uh, took the week off this week. I did a little family, the little family vacation type stuff. But uh, aside from that, oh, nice. just, just took a minute aside. Finally, uh, still haven't even caught up with all my uh, DMs and emails from while I was gone. So, but...
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. You know. Yeah, brakes are nice. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah. So what? What's your background in the in the Air Force?
0: Uh, Air Force. I was a active duty Air Force for eleven years. Uh, I mean, I wasn't some like Billy badass. I've never claimed otherwise. I've been very clear. I haven't seen combat. I've deployed once. TDY'd once. Uh, I was an aircraft mechanic for eleven years. I uh, worked on the heavies. Uh, worked on the refuelers, to be more specific. Mm. Uh, I worked in back shop is what it's called for six years, which is essentially where I do more in-depth inspections. And then, uh, then I went and worked what's called the line where you do like the daily inspections and then like, you're the ones kind of launching them and catching them and refueling them all the day to day operations. Uh, less, less, uh, less in depth, but more, uh, I don't know, more. You, you, you're dealing with the stuff you see in the movies where they're like, you know, doing the little waving them on to go fly and stuff. So it's, it's kind of cool in that way. Um, so then I did a few years of that, uh, did a few other little odd jobs and yeah, right around 11 years. I was like, I, I just can't do this can duty thing anymore. And I bounce. Right. I Actually in, in, I'm sure we'll probably go into this a little bit. It wasn't even that I had like a hard job or anything. I'd already, it was an E6 at that point. So I was like, a, it was getting kind of cushy, but it, if anything, it was a, 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 a confluence of uh many different things you know i mean to for one i honestly i, I guess i liked working harder more because you could work with your hands more and as i got more, higher ranking yep sure more political thing because you became like more like mid-level management which is just awful and then really the uh the bureaucracy of the military really rears its ugly face like in the like crazy at that point but uh yeah i mean and obviously i mean i'm an anarchist so i mean i don't know um like i know you go to chillerberg and stuff so i'm assuming you're probably similarly minded um yeah yeah so, yeah, yeah i mean there's definitely that as well i also think even uh i i even think now in modern days with the state of the government i actually think i may have made the financially smart decision as well because uh i'm wrong i mean i i not to go into my personal finances, but i, may, I made more money before than i do mm-hmm. now but if we take into account current events and where things are going, like I don't know if I really want to be bound to the government <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right now. I'm not sure if that's the uh maybe a little bit better to go more the entrepreneurial route and uh have a little bit more control over my own income so <laughs> or input towards yeah me. so yeah,
1: but no, uh, yeah, that's I all I got
0: point. yeah so for sort of background, I mean, you can go deeper if you want on yeah. um, specific aspects or angles or. But uh I mean that's a basic overview. I I don't know anything crazy. I was a, I, I failed out from like a basically like a special forces type thing, but that's not really that entertaining other than to know that I failed out, so that's cool.
1: <laughs> what what kind of what kind of special forces? What was it? I say it's the only kind air force of special I know forces.
0: Well there there's a multiple ones and uh, okay. there might might even be some like in military in the uh in the air force there's uh PJ, you know, your paratroopers, you have your combat controllers, you have your tact peas. I think there's a fourth one. Tac P uh, is another one, and then there's a fifth one that uh, I think there's combat weather. I don't know if that's still a thing or not. I don't know, hmm, uh, okay. but that's such a small little MOS, no one really even thinks about them. But um, uh, I, I, there's the other one that's like I, this was why I said sort of. It's Seer Instructor. This is uh, like the, so oh. like that. It's basically the The way it kind of is is you have your, like, your real Special Forces stuff. At least this is the way, like, the guys that I talked to who were there and from my time there, the perspective was you had, like, your real Special Forces Air Force stuff, which was, like, Combat Control, uh, PJ, uh, and what was it? Actually, that might have been just basically it, or my brain farting something. Uh, But, yeah, basically those were the two. And then it was like Tac P and Seer were the ones that were like kind of lesser, so so right, right. Uh, if, like, if
1: those who can TACP, do and those who can't yeah. teach,
0: <laughs> well, it's more like if you if you went to go be a PJ or a combat control and you failed out, uh, mm-hmm. they'd probably let you go take a stab at Tac P or Seer. <laughs> so, oh, okay, sure. Like they were like the lower on the rung, right? And, and they may not even technically be considered that. Uh, Cause seer technically isn't a uh, like a spec ops or combat job because it's not in combat, but it's it has an insanely high recidivism rate, so most people just kind of weirdly group it with like, for example, no one in my uh, selection, uh, made, like people made it through selection, but then no one from selection made it all the way through the pipeline for my uh, class. So, oh uh, really? I think we start with something like thirty-five ish, mm-hmm. uh, in my class, uh, at the beginning of selection, which is only a couple weeks, and then by the end of the selection, I think it was like five or less. And then of those five, no one made it through the entire pipeline. So, wow, which is like the entire track you go through to make it through. Sure, I think we had sure. one guy who uh, hurt himself in training. Uh, he so he got what's called recycled, which basically means they like let him stay in the training, but they let him like uh, stay there and get healed up and then resume later in his mm-hmm. where he was in training. Uh, so he technically wasn't part of our class anymore at that point. But I believe he actually did make it through. That's what okay. I've heard. I never. I've, never, I've only. I mean, I followed through with some of the people that I went to training with and stuff. So supposedly that dude made it through. But like that guy technically was one of our class. So I guess you could say sort of one dude from my class made it through out of okay, like sure. 30 some odd people. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. So uh, mm-hmm. and, and it's not, I'm not at all trying to make it out like it was like it was some badass. But like compared to like PJ and CCT, it's definitely in the lower level. But it's 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 kind of. I mean, so far, it's still somewhat sort of difficult. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, yeah. Right. But,
1: well, yeah, because, uh, okay, so PJ, that that's pararescue jumper. Like, if someone's injured, those are the guys that go in and save them, yeah. correct? What's yes. a combat controller?
0: I, if I remember correctly, I believe they're mostly like, I might be sw- uh, switching them up with tech a little bit, but I think they do call like airstrikes and shit, basically. Oh, okay. So, okay. Uh, so, but they are, they're, they're, they, they they're definitely well trained. So, yeah. Okay. So. Sure.
1: And then, yeah. and then, SEER is survival instructors. Uh, so, these are
0: people that they right. teach. They, they literally teach you the, all the survival stuff. So, you're a, a survival expert, and then you're the one who then teaches it to uh, other people, you know, because gotcha. uh, basically anyone in air crew has to go through their SEER class, which is the short version of it. Whereas, if you're the person who heads it, like, or is the instructor, you're supposed to be way more knowledgeable than anyone who goes through the class. Right, so, uh, right. Yeah, and that's like uh,
1: basically if you get shot down, this is how you escape and get yeah. back. Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, and these are the guys who are like are able to get tortured and deal with it. And I don't know they 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 do they do a lot of nuts stuff in the training for it. So, right. uh, like I said, I didn't get that far. So, I mean, I made I made it to the ass end of selection. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah.
1: yeah. Huh. But, yeah, that'd be interesting. So, uh, why what what was your motivation for joining? Uh. Well, I. It was like partially, I guess
0: you could say it was partially patriotism, but not entirely. Uh, I, I guess for me, going through, when I, like growing up, in my head, I don't know why it was always, I guess it was just like the, the path that you feel like, you know, society kind of like pushes upon you. But in my head, it was always like, yeah, I'm either going college or I'm going military. I, I didn't even mm-hmm. like really have any other. Like you know, it my if those were the only ones in my head, it was like either go be a warrior or go be a uh, monk. Essentially, you know, like right. like, like, like that, that was Easy like how it was. Yeah. So, and I, I was a smart guy, and I also was a guy who was like a, you know big into sports, you know, uh, big into like martial arts, lifting, you know, all different random sports. So like that path, you know, was uh, amenable to me. But then again, so was the the like you know the um, the the scholar monk, whatever path you want to call it. So, I mean, but then I went to, I went to college and I, I, uh, I partied way too hard, uh, and I fucked up, uh, my first semester and like, luckily I did, like I said, I was a smart kid. I did well in high school. Uh, so i, I like scored high in the ACT, did everything I was supposed to in high school. Cause for me, in high school is easy. Cause I was like, mm-hmm. I was, I was the smart kid, like the gifted kid who didn't have to work at all. Um, you know, so like I pretty right. much would, you know, I just would ace school not even try. And then I got to college and then had to try. Um, so, and like I said, I was having too much fun. So I failed out. And oh, the point I was getting at is, I had a bunch of scholarships. So I didn't have to pay for it. So, like, I, I pretty much got a free semester of college. And, like, part of me was like, ah, I can keep doing this if I want to. But, uh, and I, I probably would have taken a little bit more seriously at that point because I'd be paying for it. But it was mm-hmm. a little bit different when I was like, I have no scar. Like, my scholarships are going to run out because of my grades, uh, all this stuff. So, was, this is legit going to be like, school loans i would have to pay back and for me i was like it didn't make sense to me for something that i know i'm probably not gonna take that seriously to do it with and i was like eh, well i'll just i'll go back home uh i'll go work until i can get into the military and so because i figured that'd be the route i'd go mm-hmm. and yeah that's the route i end up going i went back home uh worked construction for you know a little less than a year while i waited to get into what's called dap delayed entry program for them to get me in uh, I was training up my ass the entire time. I got like a ridiculously good shape because I was training. I was actually training for combat control for six months until they, one day I came into the recruiter's office with my glasses on. He's like, you have bad vision. And I was like, he's like, yeah. I was like, oh shit. Well, you can't <laughs> use CCT. So like, I got like stupid ripped from like training for so long for CCT. And they're like, well, well you can go to which which is is Isn't as like, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's so hard, but it like, sure. so far as like physical requirements, it's, it was different. Uh, I had been doing a ton of swimming because uh, seer, you don't really need to be able to swim too much, uh, but CCT has a lot of swimming in it. So, right, like, right. But uh, yes, yeah, so I was definitely overtrained. Uh, so yeah, I went back home, trained a bunch, uh, joined the military. And yeah, I mean, it, for me, it really was just as simple as like, I got to do something. Like, I can't just live at home. In sure. retrospect, you know, as an adult, I'm like, I could have just gotten some job and just worked my way up like a normal person does. But sure. for some reason, I felt like I had to do something now. I don't know if it's just like a man thing or what. But for me, it was like, I, I, I can't be at home. Like, you know, time's up. I got to do I got to be doing something, you know, for me, like just having a job wasn't good enough. So like it had to be like I had to be, you know, launching into a career right off the bat or something, you know.
1: So, mm-hmm. yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. That- <clears throat> that seems to be more common than uh, a more common reason than people think. Yeah. You know, just, uh, um, Hey, you know, it's a, it's a career. It's, it's a way to move on. Or often, um, if you're in a economically depressed area, it's like, this is a way to improve my, my situation. Um, which for, for better or worse, but.
0: hmm. Oh, you want to repeat the last thing you said? My, my earpiece fill (laughs) up.
1: Oh, I was just saying, uh, uh, for better or worse, you know, it, it can, uh, um, just a way to get out of an economic, economically depressed area. Sometimes,
0: oh yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, n- yeah, I mean, definitely. There's definitely that to it, you know. It d- as far the, as
1: like the motivation for someone, yeah. why someone would do it, I think that seems to be more common, I think, than at least in I realize. I, I guess I really can't speak for the average American because I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, I would say like yes, it's definitely like an easier
0: path, more cushy, but uh, don't get me wrong. Like after, like when I was got to, when I got out around the time around eleven years, I was making solid money. I was probably making, uh, around like sixty k a- after taxes ish.
1: Sure, you know, sure. Which
0: is like you know for someone with eleven years, no college, nothing. That's pretty solid. Uh, you know, like it wasn't really that hard of a job. Um, and then obviously I had all the benefits and everything. But when you first join, I. I mean, I still was making decent money, but like, you know, I, I, I pretty much all through high school and, you know, uh, between like, uh, you know, joining the military and, you know, like being in school or whatever, I was pretty much always working of some sort. I would work in the summers, uh, you know, sometimes work on the weekends type deal. So I've been working like pretty much like, you know, like construction, landscaping, you know, just little stuff like that here and there, Mm -hmm. like all as a kid. And I, I probably made about the same if not better money at a lot of points in time, even as a low skilled just like manual laborer, uh, mm, you know, sure. you know, than at than the beginning of the military. So I definitely think it is like if you're a motivated person, there's definitely more money to be made on the outside. Uh, you know, but if I, I definitely yeah, there is something to the fact it's like more cushy. Uh, you know, so I, don't know, I mean it's it's it, it's one of those things that like, you know, people will work for shit. There is definitely stuff to be had there, but uh If you are looking for an easy path, yes, the the military definitely is an easy path. It's everything's laid out for you. So, but
1: (laughs) yeah, a a lot of the decisions are made for you. Mm. Did you? uh, So while in the air force, did you ever experience non-air force food?
0: Non-air force food? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, you mean bad food? Oh, like other (laughs) uh, other branches? Trying to think if I ever like had, had to. I don't think i ever had to go to like a chow hall of any other branch or anything like that i think i somehow just got lucky when i deployed uh it was all air force stuff no i've been pretty lucky in that regard everything's been pretty good uh i know i know i do know that's part of why i joined the air force is i knew it was gonna be more cushy in a certain way because like i sure like i said i did i was, a, it was like a sort of, i hesitate to say special forces but it's a like it was a high a a career filled with a high recidivism rate. Most people just immediately think we're special forces, so it's, it's just easier to say that. Right. But uh, So, God, what was my point? God, I had a fucking point. Uh, uh, deploying oh, no, I meant my point. You, uh, it was, it, uh, like so. You, I did you were talking want, about
1: being special forces but taking yeah. it easy. That's what you were yeah. talking about.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, well, no, just, my point being is, like, uh, whenever I joined, part of it was, like, in my head, like, I wanted to go the warrior way. So I wanted to be, go, you know, get all that training, like, in my mm-hmm. young mind naive mind i was like cool i'm they're gonna go train me be a fucking warrior and luckily my stepdad was a uh, prior army and I, I had other like friends and family friends and stuff who were prior military and a lot of them did talk to me and they're like hey uh like because i was gonna go just go army or marines and they're mm-hmm. like and most of them were all like why like why would you do that and i was like because i want to go be a badass and they're like okay well then go be special forces in any branch like because they're, they, they're pretty much their reasoning was like like if you're just some grunt in the army or the marines like you're not really being trained to be a billy badass like yeah a lot of people come out of the military with like a chip on their shoulder that like as a grunt or whatever thinking they're billy really badass but it's like okay cool you learned how right. to dig a ditch or yeah you got a little bit of uh, a, a little bit of arms training nothing crazy like if you really want to be the well trained guy like go be like some sort of special forces of some of some sort so that was my reasoning because yeah if it hadn't been for that i would have just gone like just normal army or marines and be like yeah just throw me in the shit you know uh whereas Mm. like everyone i knew who was like even prior combat people were like if you're gonna be in the shit like you want to be a highly valued asset of theirs right as opposed to just just a dime a dozen (laughs) you want them to be
1: motivated to protect you
0: yeah (laughs) so he's like yeah it's like, I mean, you could just go be a grunt, but it's like, there's like, if anything, it's more just like fake glory. Like if, if you actually want to get trained well and he's like, and then just, just go, go be, he's like, go be like a Navy SEAL or go be an air force para jumper or a paratrooper or whatever. Like, it's like, you can do that and basically have all the nice amenities of being in the air force and still go be Billy really badass. So it's like, mm-hmm. so that's why I went that way. And then obviously I ended up failing out, but you know, that's a different story, but right. Yeah. Yeah, no, there definitely is something too. If you're gonna join, I guess you might as well join the Navy or the Air Force. You know, get get the nicer stuff. There's no reason to be to live in with that bullshit. Because <laughs> they do really have it worse at like at like army and uh, marines. But Coast Guard, right. Navy, Air Force, they usually have a little bit better better setup.
1: Right, so, right, yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. The yeah. uh Yeah, so when you when you uh signed up, did you sign up specifically for the MOS of um of um seer so instructor or how, how did that work you, yeah you, i saw sign- you, you headed straight there out of boot camp
0: yeah uh yeah i signed up for that uh straight out of boot camp that was like uh how i got promised that's part of why they like mm-hmm. really do like if you i mean I don't, obviously i'm speaking specifically for just air force uh you still hear me yeah yep okay it got grainy for a second um but uh i mean obviously i'm just speaking for just air force but i know it's my understanding that uh like, like certain jobs, and uh, like they they are able to usually ship you out quicker. Uh, so, like, um, you know, like, you know, special forces ish jobs. Sure. Uh, obviously, obviously, like jobs like you know ones they most people don't want, like cop shit, like that, which are which is an awful job to have in the military, generally right. speaking. <laughs> um. Like jobs like that, they fill up quickly, so that, that is why like they did re- they do really push for guys that are like uh, the spec ops or whatever. Uh, that way they can uh, they can get them so they can ship out sooner. So that is what they they got me as uh, a sign for. But then obviously when I failed out, they had to give me a new MOS. I think I had an option to like just be like no, and they would have kicked me out. But mm. uh, they they allowed me to just get another MOS, essentially selected by them. I mean, I had a little bit of a say in it, but not really.
1: So oh, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, you were kind so, of a um, uh, not a free agent. Uh, isn't there a term for that? Open contract. Essentially, yeah. Basically, okay. at that
0: point, yeah. Open contract, essentially.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Like, huh. they, like I said, they they give me like a dream sheet of jobs. I could like kind of be like, hey, if you have this available, I'd like that. But uh, they couldn't guarantee anything. It was just a matter of, hey, we'll try to accommodate you if you if we can. And so I yeah just, you, yeah.
1: They're like, you already signed the paper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever you already. get is is uh, what you get.
0: <laughs> yes. Exactly. So. Yeah, I definitely. uh If yeah, I guess that's a word of wisdom, people out there. If you are joining and you're trying to go like special forces or some shit, maybe be a little realistic and realize there's a almost a hundred percent chance that you probably will fail. So keep that in mind. <laughs> like if you really don't want to be in, otherwise, then I don't, I don't know. Maybe take that into consideration because it's not a not a done deal, and uh, they'll throw mm-hmm. you in wherever they need you after that point. So yeah, you'll be some guy, you know.
1: Right, fucking right, yeah. defending
0: it, a very safe base <laughs> for fourteen hours a day, <laughs> miserable out of your mind. <laughs> or yeah, collecting I, ID ID cards at the front of a, a base or some shit. <laughs> so, yeah,
1: yeah, just just a uh, real tip of the spear stuff.
0: Yes, yep, yep. So <laughs> everything some people are dying to. do. I mean, that that was all cop stuff. I if you even picked up on that being a mil being like a cop in the military. I'm just glad I didn't get reclassified as a cop because that is every every. And this isn't even me being mean to cops. I've known you know plenty of had buddies in the military who were cops, and they mm-hmm. they all hated
1: it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and, and everybody hated them. I'm sure. I mean, nobody appreciates yeah. you.
0: <laughs> yeah, I yeah, know. I don't know. I mean, and it's not like anyone hates them. It's just. I guess everyone just pities them. We all know they have an awful job in the military.
1: Sure, sure, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, they got sold this thing that they're going to be Billy Badasses being cops in the military. Because I, I could see how a uh, 17-year-old would think being a cop in the military would be super badass. But when you don't realize is a lot of times that means you're defending assets that don't really need a whole lot of defending. Because no one's really fucking with them all to, as it is already. And, right. and yeah, it's a, it's it's not going to be a whole lot of fun, Yeah. Yeah, you're overtrained, and then yeah, it's and they they work them to death. So everyone I've known is either miserable or a brainwashed idiot. So, <laughs> yeah,
1: potentially both. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. We well, yeah, one that kind of uh, touches on it. One question I like to ask everybody is if if a kid was to say, "I'm I'm planning on joining the military," um, and for some reason they were wise enough to ask your advice um what would you say how I mean, do you respond to that
0: i mean i'd say don't i mean because i mean I, I know i guess i can see i'd be easy but i guess i would open up for a longer conversation because it's like well what are you really trying to do here i mean mm. i i'm not gonna lie uh i i mean this may sound awful like I don't, I don't think you should join the military but i can totally see if you were smart and you wanted to game the system you could get a lot out of it uh because say if you're a single guy you joined signed for like a I don't know, four to six year enlistment depending on your career field deployed as much as you possibly can save a bunch of money uh take all this benefit you can come out sitting pretty but the problem is a lot of times you'll come out with you know people people end up getting married or have kids become dependent on that money uh and they're not willing to walk away from it and uh then you end up doing the whole 20 and you're never wrong. That's not a bad deal. I mean, you get your pension, and all that, but it's like I feel like you could do more with that time. Well, there is definitely a lot mm. of gaming in the system. You could do if you want to be smart about it. You know, if you wanted to like get a bunch of money under your belt, that way you could, uh, I don't know, you could get out after six and then go use it elsewhere. There's definitely ways to game it, but I'd say generally speaking, you probably shouldn't. If you're someone who's that smart as it is, you'd probably be better off on the outside. I know, it's kind of hard to say without having the person in front of me and knowing more about right. them, because it would yeah. be. It'd be like, because it is a matter of, like, well, why do you want to join? Now, like, if somebody who has some crazy patriotic ideas, then it's, like, that's going to be a different talk. And if it's someone who's, like, for economic reasons, that's be another talk. Because uh, I think even for economic reasons, it's generally speaking not the greatest idea. Like, you should pro- – hmm. I mean, like I said, like, there is that, like, you could just, like, game the system for a short period of time. And some people do do that. And, I mean, whatever. But I, I, I don't know. I don't see – I think even that there's holes in it. So
1: mm-hmm. sure,
0: but yeah, sure, yeah. I guess it really depends on what they're trying to do. If they're if they're trying to go kill people or something, they think that'll be cool. Go serve their country. Which I will say though, like uh, around the time uh, near the end there, I was noticing a lot of people coming in there. Coming in didn't seem to have that idea in their head anymore. So the further away mm. we get from nine eleven, it seems to be the yep. less the less of this like patriotic fervor of people coming in a lot and a lot more, it's becoming a lot more of just like, yeah, I'm just here to get my college and you know, whatever I mean, I get it. I mean, or I'm here to get my, you know, X, Y, Z or whatever, you know, like, like, you know, they're trying to game the system, which, you know, whatever, I get it, respect, I get it, you know, mm-hmm. it's there, you know, whatever. But yeah. so it is, I guess it, that is one benefit, in a certain sense. I, I think do, I do think a lot of people aren't joining anymore, thinking they're gonna, you know, go go save lives because you know that is it is kind of fucked up to think that a lot of people did get sucked into it like that. Because I do think that is a, like a a noble calling in a certain type of way. you like a lot of people do genuinely join because they're like and there was a part of me that was like that as well. That was like, you know, I like part of why you do it is this like warrior calling inside of man of like mm-hmm. I want to go you know, fight and protect my the, my loved ones. And for some reason, we have convinced the, you know, adolescent male that this is a path towards doing that. But luckily, you know, the further we get away from 9-11, the more it seems the general populace is realizing that's uh, that's complete bullshit. So, hmm. and I, I guess it's a good thing. I mean, I guess I prefer if people are coming into a government program. They're just like, yeah, yeah, I'm just here to rob it for all it's worth. You know, I'm like, okay. <laughs> right. yeah, so, yeah which kind of leads to its institutional rot, which whatever I'm fine with it. I want that thing to rot. So <laughs> yeah.
1: Huh? Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you, uh, you mentioned you deployed, what was, what was kind of the difference between, um, stateside, um, being stateside and then deploying in, in maybe in your, in your t- daily tasks or, or just the atmosphere, I guess.
0: Uh, uh, okay well like like obviously you know everything and when it comes to like mil- different branches different jobs it's always gonna be different so my experience will be different than other people but with my career field generally speaking uh it was when you're deployed you do the same thing you pretty much were doing the same thing uh deployed as you do doing stateside. um sure. it's a little bit more uh a little bit more like go 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 type stuff because we're trying to you know fix these jets quick we're trying to send them off on missions you know uh like you know we have it's more of a timetable that we're on uh so things are a little bit more rushed there's a a less over oversight you know so far as like uh you know having uh so there there are definitely some perks from a job perspective where you have a lot less uh chiefs in the kitchen or or less bureaucracy yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. so there's a lot there's something to that i mean pretty much how it was it was I, I, I worked uh, I believe I worked five in one which means I'd work five days on one day off I'd work 12 hour shifts which isn't that bad uh, and so I'd pretty much you know we had a, a part of the base which is like our lodging side and there was this part of the base where we would work and so I'd get on the bus in the morning it'd be a little bit less than an hour you know everything all said and done to get to to work after the fact, been roughly about an hour to get back. So, I mean, in reality, it was more like 14. So, my general day was, you know, working, you know, essentially about 14 hours, uh, trying to run to the gym uh, shortly after, showering, going to sleep. You know, I might try to squeeze mm. in like a 30-minute talk to the wife. So, I mean, by the time that all that's said and done, I'm only getting like five, six hours of sleep anyways. So, right, uh, yeah. And then I'd have my one day off where I'd probably just sleep a lot and work out. And that was about it. Um, yeah, it, it really... I mean, it's not really that crazy. It's really just nothing but work and working out or, I mean, so Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, there was definitely, there's definitely a good side to deploying and that a lot of people do go over there and, you know, really do a lot of self-improvement because when you have nothing to do, but that you you get a lot done, Uh, You a lot of reading and a lot of working out done while I was deployed. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, but no, I know it's just, it's just a hot fucking work environment and you're doing a lot more working and you know, that's really all there is to it. Yeah. It's not a hard hmm. it's not nothing hard. Yeah.
1: Was uh do you have any uh music you associate with that time? What what was the oh. soundtrack of your deployment?
0: Ooh, um I don't know. Probably a lot of falling reverse, which I don't know if that's a band you're familiar with. Uh no. Uh, you no, know, it was because a, uh a, I don't know. I know that I I think my wife sent me with her MP three while I was there. So I was there listening to a lot of her music. Right. Uh and it just so happened to be loaded on that MP three. Uh, you know, it was back in the days when MP3s were a bigger thing, but right, I don't know, probably right. a lot of falling reverse. Uh, I'm trying to think of other bands, but that's the first thing that comes to mind. I mean, I listen a lot of. I was doing a ton of working out, so I was listening to a lot of hard rock and shit like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, uh, like
1: <clears throat> when we, when when I think of like Vietnam, obviously you know I think of like CCR or something. Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. So it's it's interesting the different different wars through history, what the different music is kind yeah, of what. It, what's, yeah.
0: Yeah, but it's like it doesn't even feel like war. It literally is just like we're sure. It, it, like it's just working. I, I don't know. I guess it depends on your environment. For us, it was just a, you know, working in a microwave, essentially doing my same <laughs> job there. That was it. So,
1: <laughs> the yeah, the same job in worse weather and slightly hmm. better, um, working environment maybe potentially yeah, to in, a certain in extent. Some way. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, like the actual working working was worse but then it was also better because there was less people in your hair, which is nice. So you're just doing your job. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. So what, um, well, actually let, let's, uh, kind of shift gears. So you have, um, you're involved in multiple, uh, podcasts. What, what about those? uh well i have What's two po-
0: I have two podcasts i have the no way jose podcast which is my main podcast it's my personal podcast so that's that's more where i just do like serious stuff i mean I it generally is like a liberty libertarian type thing i i mean i do touch on a few things a lot of people know me in the in the uh roughly as an agorist so i'll cover a lot of content like that for example i've been doing a live reading series of all of conkin's work so i've done a I did uh, an agorist primer with a, I covered that with Kayla Brown. I'm almost done with new libertarian Manifesto, which I'm covering with Sal. Uh, I'll do like one more, I think after that. And I I, want to see if I can get Aaron from boys Town for that or of timeline earth or whatever. Mm. We'll see. Uh, I don't know who I'll end up getting for that. I I still got to hit him up for that. I I asked him forever ago and I think he said he was was okay with it, but that was forever ago. Right, Um, Right. But, yeah, so I do a lot of agorism stuff. End up touching a lot of egoism sometimes cause, uh aside from like Magnus, I'm probably one of the other people who are known for being considering myself an egoist. Mm. Um, I mean a lot just really just whatever the hell I wanna talk about. For example, uh just recently I went on a little uh you know, rabbit hole and like o- o- Oklahoma City bombing stuff and now like next week, uh I'm gonna have a uh where was the following week? What's the day? Today's Saturday. So the following week. Um, you know, I don't know when you're dropping this, but uh so the time probably wouldn't even matter for whoever's listening. Oh, sure. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm getting ready to here in like a week or so have uh, the, a, 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 an expert from the Oklahoma City stuff and all the weird little angles that goes down. Uh, you know, oh, so, yeah. So I don't know. I just touch whatever I want to touch on, whatever I find interesting. Then my other podcast is I have a uh, Tower Power Hour, um, which is a group uh, podcast, which is more like a comedy thing, kind of more like Legion of Skank style. Uh, Mm -hmm. We don't really go too much into political stuff, even though, like, almost all of us on the show have our own personal show, and all of us are do get big into the libertarian type stuff, but and and some of our own personal shows. But on the group show, it's more just a guy shooting the shit. I mean, it will a lot of times come back to stuff like that, Uh, Mm -hmm. you know. So, yeah, that's Tower Power. I have me, it's like we have six people in our Mm -hmm. roster. Uh, but it's not all six of us every episode. Um, you know, usually we'll, we'll sometimes have guests. It just kind of – it depends on who can make it that day, you know, rotating sure. thing. Uh, we usually try to keep it at, like, five altogether, including guests-ish because, uh, you know, you get too many people in there, it gets to be a nightmare of people <laughs> talking all over each other. <laughs> but, you know, uh, our uh, who we have is me. Uh, we have Reed Coverdale of the Nationalist Capitalist podcast. I have uh, – we have Clint uh, – clint um uh, god why am i, I just had a brain clint russell i don't know why i had a brain front his last name a uh, mm. clint russell of liberty lockdown he's also one of ours uh, then we have um we have top lobster of top he has like all a lot of a lot of people's merch and stuff a lot of great stuff he does my merch so if anyone wants to know Jose merch or tower power our merch go hit him up uh but uh and then we also have cole uh, or used to be fat dave back day at tower king cole and then we have Toad, and that's that's our six man uh, lineup of Tower Power Hour, and yeah, yeah that one's fun. Uh, has definitely I've had more success with that than I have on this. Uh, it's no, it's technically we got nuked off YouTube, so you wouldn't know, but if you just looked at just the uh, subs, mm. but uh, we 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 have a pretty good presence on Odyssey as well, and so sure. uh, yeah, we, we at, our, at our peak on YouTube, we were we had over two. Th- we were, what were we were like twenty five hundred subs, something like that. I don't know. We were doing pretty, sitting pretty, and uh, but now a lot of our stuff's gone on Odyssey. So if you're listening to us and you like that, definitely go check it out on Odyssey. We do have a YouTube channel, but uh, I don't really market that too much because uh, uh, we know how that can go. We'll probably get nuked <laughs> off there again. So yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I uh, I don't remember when, but I remember at some point you you did some stuff with. Uh dave smith about like just personal responsibility oh yeah and and uh i i didn't get too far into it to be honest but just the concept really impressed me that's i think that's something that's kind of lacking yeah there's there's a lot there's a real interest in uh assigning responsibility to the group or or some sort of collectivism yeah and yeah
0: yeah that was a good episode yeah yeah. yeah, I know you didn't say you didn't finish it, but that was, that was <laughs> yeah. one of my favorite. Episodes. I think I've on I my show that. three times, I believe, and I think he's come on Tower Power or twice. But yeah, yeah. The first time I had yeah. him, uh, I also have uh, a series, uh, which I don't know if you're aware of. I've I've been doing an anarchist handbook, uh, the anarchist handbook uh, podcast oh, yeah. series. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so I've That's been covering oh no you're good for every one for every one of those uh, chapters which is a different anarchist thinker in the anarchist handbook the book that uh, michael malice put together i've been doing an episode for each one i actually i think you i don't know if you mentioned on this or it was before we started recording you mentioned typo actually typo will be coming on uh tuesday and we're doing the josiah warren episode together oh sorry but uh but, <laughs> but uh the uh, first uh uh, the first one, no, actually not actually the first, the second one I did, but it, the, 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 the first one I did was Sterner with uh, Magnus, but the second one I did, it was, I, I had Dave and we covered uh, Rothbard. Hmm. Oh, okay. we, covered, we covered the anatomy of state one from the Anarchist handbook. So, cause that was a, uh, so yeah. And then I had him and then I had that uh, responsibility one, which is, that was more of like a masculinity type of, so kind of like uh, yeah. being a dad, father, being a man, that type of thing. Uh, yeah. And then I had him on again after that to, And I had uh, like a, uh, um it wasn't really a debate it was more of a talk but a lot of people expect a debate trees a debate but it was i had him and sal uh Diagoras, sal come on and talk and uh mm. yeah that one that one was that one was something else but uh <laughs> uh but yeah that, that, that we i did that so that's the three episodes i've had him on though so if you're familiar with his name you're someone listening yeah um but yeah those are um two out of three of those were ones i highly recommend (laughs) and the other one i still liked it was still good and i'm so glad that happened but it was uh uh, it got got away from me (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) so
1: uh but yeah huh how um i spaced i'm sorry good um i should join the space force maybe um (laughs) I don't remember. I was going to tie that back to uh, to the Air Force, and I don't remember how. Yeah, it was, it was probably extremely tangential, so that's probably why I can't remember. You
0: say uh, you're a man, but why did
1: you join the Air Force? Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you wanted to do hard things, and you chose the cushy service. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> no. no. Um. Yeah. I well, I guess this is a. a Harder transition, but um, what what was an experience, uh, in the Air Force that stuck with you? What's what's something that just like really, um, was like maybe the defining moment, or just uh, the most memorable moment, or something? I God, that's Aside hard. from failing Seer School, or yeah, Seer... Right? <laughs> I know Seer's that,
0: that one is kind of hard. Uh, you know, what? I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily a moment. Mm -hmm. but um there was one year where i was essentially the guy in my shop like uh at that point in time i was uh essentially like i mean i I don't want to go too inside baseball but i was uh i was an e4 uh and i was literally i basically was doing a job that it was designed for an e5 and i was doing it far earlier than all of my peers I was doing it better than, uh, like, and I was basically doing, in a lot of ways, the job of the guy above me.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I was managing a ton of stuff in the shop. Like, I basically was the guy, like, the point man for all this shit. And, and like, and I, I, that year they changed our the way we do promotions. I remember this. Because it used to be, essentially, you had a one through five is what you got every year. And pretty much everyone got a five. Unless you were a piece of shit and, like, you did something wrong and then you would get, like, a four or a three. But this year they changed it. That that year they changed it and they're like, you know what? From now on, like, they, they essentially make quotas so that you you to get the, the four or the five, like, because this is, to be fair, this is like they're like, well, this is the way it was supposed to be when we started it, but then we let our supervisors just grade it however they want and then they just right. felt like they were screwing over their people if they didn't grade them, if they didn't score them as, like, all the way to the highest. And so this is why we have to put quotas in place and yada, 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 uh, whatever. That's fine. I, I get the idea. But the problem is they, they based promotion off of like anyone who's been in, I mean, I guess maybe this is the Air Force. I'm sure this applies in other, ones, other branches as well too, like the bureau, the way the bureaucracy works. But when mm-hmm. it comes to promotions, pretty much like your work stuff generally doesn't do anything to set you aside. Like the way you come across in your yearly performance thing, you're pretty much look even with anyone else who does the same job as you. What okay. makes a difference is going to be all the other little shit you do. Uh, so deployments, TDYs, uh, obviously that's that's fair. I get that. You know, this is a guy that's, you know, you, you're going to uh, reward those people. But sure. either way, uh, at that point in time, like no uh, shop, no one had deployed that year. So, I mean, I still should have been like the head of, the, head of the, the cream of the crop. But basically it comes down to like volunteering and school stuff. Uh, so like, cause they want you to do like, they want you to do college while you're in. So that Mm -hmm. way you can be like, they can be like, well, look at so-and-so he has a blah, 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 blah degree, or he's doing this much. They heavily incentivize doing that shit. That doesn't really help your job at all. Um, and they, they, they do, they always do this thing in the military where they do this two-faced thing where they talk about, they'll be like, They'll they'll act like they grade uh, your work performance higher than they do those other things because the way it's supposed to be, the way the military says it, you know, and their thing is, it's supposed to be your work performance comes first, and you know, if you excel in that, then you excel, and then the other stuff is just supposed to be like kind of, you know, if you're dead even. Like, so if I if you had like two shit hot guys who're really good at their job, and one of them just so happens to also be going to school, that guy should be getting outgraded. Sure. But the way it ends up working out is the piece of shit guy who can't even do his job and the guy who's, like, shit hot and is the one who's, like, the best worker in the in the shop, they get graded even no matter what. That's how it ends up working in reality. Mm-hmm. And then it then it comes down to, well, did you do school? Did you do this, this? So you can basically be a piece of shit, and as long as you check off the right boxes, you know, you're going to school, doing whatever, you're, you're doing the right volunteering stuff, you can get right. it. But I remember this year… I didn't do school cause I just, I just never cared. I, I didn't, I, I was more for one, I was more focused on my job. I didn't have time for it. I had a young family. Uh, you know, I didn't, I genuinely didn't have time because for one, I was the person literally doing the most work in my shop. I was like the guy, like the go-to guy. I, I did not have time for school, but I did also make sure it was like, you know what? I'm going to make sure to check off the right boxes. I'm like, the only thing I'm not going to do is school. I'll get some of this, this volunteering bullshit in like, and I did, I checked off the right boxes. Uh, it, the only thing I didn't have was school, and th- by the end of the year, I still got grade of three and like which is like just run of the mill and it was like I was like, What did I even do any of this for <laughs> right and, it, and it's like and it was and I'm not someone I've never been someone who's like expects to get rewarded or anything, but it was just like I was only doing that so I could you know get more money so i could, it wasn't like I was trying to do it to be like you know to i don't know any sort of you know pat on the back, if anything I hate that kind of shit. So, but it was just at the point that I was realized, like, it makes no fucking difference. But uh-huh. like, it's, it's, there's no point, like, this it, is all just a bureaucratic nightmare. There is no, like, oh, you know, like, they're going to have your back. Oh, I had another story I just thought of, too, but I'm not going to bring that one up as well. Because you do <laughs> yeah. learn being in, you learn some of these lessons the hard way, you know, going in. You're like stuff like that you know like the, yeah. like you know you know like this is this is what it is so you know there's no point in busting my ass you know like crazy to try to like set myself apart anyway like mm-hmm. i'll still work you know that way you know within reason but uh it i mean it really i think that's a smart thing to in some regards to have to, with work in general because i feel like that does in some ways lead to a good work-life balance because i do think you shouldn't probably burn that much you know i guess that much uh, emphasis on your work to that extent too i sure. think yeah but yeah I, I that that was definitely a moment where i was like yeah this is fucking bullshit like i don't know what i'm even uh, like i just like all right whatever you know like i that was like the one time i really was like you know i'm gonna really really try uh, <laughs> and it's like nope nothing happened it's like all right we'll fuck this like you know it really is it's something irritating when it's like you are the dude, like there was no debating it either, so right it's just that when sure. it comes to on paper uh i I have the same exact work work uh stuff as some other dude who' who just so happens to be working next to me, so but I was the one with all the job titles, everything, so yeah, oh, that's the first one to mine. it's kind of vague, not the greatest story to tell, but right uh, <laughs> you know, on the spot, that's the best one I could come up with. Yeah. <laughs> Then I came up with another one halfway halfway through in my head, but no, that, I'm not going another story. <laughs> <clears throat>
1: yeah, leave the listener guessing.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, in retrospect, the other story would have been a lot better. <laughs> yeah.
1: Huh. What's What's one thing that um that you know now that you wish you knew when you joined? That that might overlap uh, a little bit, I guess. It's A lot. But know. yeah, <laughs> I'm. I'm sure there's probably many things, but um I I saw somebody ask that question and it, it impressed me just with the um the both the value that could be gained from it and then also the the um what what the vet gains from just thinking about it. You know.
0: Yeah. Huh. I'm trying to think I mean that did kind of make me think of my other story, but that's more just like a like. Are you meaning in the context of like if if I had never joined, what I could have told myself to stop me from doing, it, or just like a kind of a, a a moral that I learned while I was in type deal, or
1: just it, it just anything really, yeah. Um, just like yeah, what's some what's something you learned while in? Sure, whether yeah. it would have affected your decision to join or or would have maybe improved it. You know, for example, say you had joined up and um, become a bottle washer. And then later on you found, oh, no, you could have tried out for um, yeah. SEER instructor or something like that.
0: Uh, I, well, you know, I guess this kind of ties into the the better story that I had. Okay. Uh, I guess the moral- nah, The listener's uh, that, excited. Yeah. yeah the, the moral, <laughs> I guess, I, I can get from this is uh, don't ever trust anybody to, uh, you know, take care of you. You know, basically, you know, essentially, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? Um Basically, do shit yourself if you can, even even, mm. even in times when you're probably not supposed to, because uh, I guess here's a sort of better story. Essentially, the literally, I believe it was the last day, because I swapped units uh, halfway through. I still stay at the same base, but I told you earlier that I went from back shop, doing like, more daily, day-to-day stuff, and those were different units. I swapped units, and like, literally the last day, I, I believe it was the last day I was in that unit... I uh one, one of the last days I wasn't even supposed to be working anymore, but they needed someone. And I was the only person qualified to do a certain, certain task. And I really, in retrospect, you know, I, I and a lot of people have told me this, uh, you should just tell them, no, they shouldn't be using you right now. You still have shit to do. Cause I, I was do, like basically called what's doing, what's out processing, which I was like in regular unit. But I was like, ah, mm. I'm not going to fuck over all my buddies. Like I, you know, they need someone to just knock this job out real quick. I, if I don't, I'm gonna be a dick. I them wake hours or make them have to stay later. Um but, you know, essentially, I'll just do it. And and then I did. And uh, fucking, um, li- like, literally, like, on that job, some QA instructor, like, quality assurance, came and tried to, like, get me from some shit. And I didn't, yeah you know, I'm not going to go into details because, I mean, it'll be really bore somebody. It's, like, because right. it's, like, technical data and, like, how to perform a job. But I 100% was in the correct. And I had multiple people who attested to it. Uh, the QA guy was completely in the wrong. I wrote like, I literally ended up writing like a fucking six page paper proving him wrong because he tried to say that I, you know, basically did my job incorrectly. And I'm like, no, the fuck, I didn't. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Essentially, what happened though is, you know, usually how it works in units is uh, I was an E5 at the time, and, uh, you know, the guy who busted me was an E7. So, like, usually how this works is you let your leadership handle these things, they take it up the correct. uh, correct uh, avenues talk to the right people and so Mm -hmm. i just told my supervisor everything and i told my my supervisor's boss everything i was like hey here's the story blah blah like and you know this is you know this is what we gotta do like this is what happened and i was like i can even get people who can attest to this on my crew and they're like yep okay and then Essentially, they ended up going up there, not having my back at all. According to everyone that I knew that did go up there, uh, it went, went completely went to shit. I ended up spending like damn near a week. Like I said, I had to write that long paper to try to like fight their decision because they were trying to like literally ream me on the way out. they were giving me all sorts of paperwork and stuff, hmm. something I didn't do wrong. Uh, sure. Essentially, it, like I ended up getting it thrown out because I was able to make everyone look because I just essentially went scorched earth and made everyone look foolish because I was so goddamn like irritated with them. Um, uh, like writing like fucking papers of like this is how I'm supposed to perform it. This is where you fucked up. Blah blah. blah. Uh, but essentially, like if I had just handled it from the beginning myself and not mm-hmm. put my fate in someone else's hands, I know for a fact I would be able to squash it earlier. Because I know because after I let my leadership do it, I went and talked to the person who I would have talked to in the first place, who they talked to, talked to him, and essentially was like, "Well, shit, that's not really what your leadership said." Really wish you had talked to me earlier because. Right. i mean I, I i just this wouldn't have gone up the chain past me if that was the case and now it's above me and like he could have done something at that point but it was one of those things where it's kind of like well it's you know it's kind of like already there's already paper out there and it's already in someone else's hands and you know it's kind of like uh. i'm like yeah right. but you could just say you fucked up you know that right <laughs> it's like well i mean it's already official now so <laughs> right but right I ended, I ended up getting all thrown out but the point being is like uh I mean, and, uh, like, that's one thing people will teach you in the military. And I, I also do something I think you probably do in just normal jobs in general is you'll usually defer to your, like, management for certain things. I mean, obviously, you know, if it's something, I mean, you got to be reasonable. But, you know, especially in, like, the military or something, like, yeah, you, they may get mad at you for stepping on their feet. But if it's your fate that hangs in the balance, fuck them. Like, you, you mm. take care of yourself. So. <laughs> like, sure. don't let other people handle your shit for you. Handle your own shit. So cuz hmm. no one's going to handle it better than you will. So especially important stuff. So.
1: Yeah. 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 But yeah, I, yeah. That I've heard that quite a few times just uh the danger of assuming that your command has your best interest in mind. Yes, they don't.
0: <laughs> yeah. So like,
1: even even the ones you think are your buddies like they don't. They
0: they just don't want to deal with this shit, so. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that that's uh <clears throat> Huh, yeah. That that kind of makes me think of something I'd I'd uh, thought of. Just the concept of of what's a um. What's an assumption? What's a common assumption of the public about the military that's incorrect? And that's that's kind of one of them for sure. Do do you do you have off the hand off the uh, just off the cuff? Do you have something? Does that make you think something or?
0: Oh, I can have an You got an hour? <laughs>
1: no, I don't know. That's
0: one that it really is depends on
1: what you're talking
0: about. There's so many assumptions. It's ridiculous. Well, yeah, and it
1: depends who, yeah. and for
0: sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, the, the one that always comes up is uh, I mean, I always hear people talking about gun control, and it irritates me. Like, I I, I am mm. very forthright. I was non combat, but sure. I've even talked to people who were combat, and it differs. Some people who were combat, uh, depending on what they do, obviously, if you're like an obviously if you're like an arms instructor you know you're going to be well trained you know because they do have those in the military but most part even your a lot of your combat guys really aren't that well trained like at all mm. and so it, it definitely is something you'll see in light of like a lot of gun control arguments people will be like oh oh look at these weapons of wars these 17 year olds have or or you know like oh at least they get trained i'm like dude like yeah I was non-combat but generally speaking and this seems to be the through line for most people in the military and this is gonna be different depending on your MOS your, your specific job but it seems to be most people how it works uh, most military members is you fuck, you get like a one- day crash course in basic training which basically means they'll uh, they'll teach you how to strip it down how to clean it they'll teach you the basic safety want things and like a in the morning do like a real quick crash course you know this mm-hmm. is that and then usually in the afternoon they'll, they'll let you go shoot and that's it that's the extent of your training mm. and then usually what happens once you're you've gotten to your duty station is they'll usually have you qualify uh before you deploy and usually that's it and so sure, every time you deploy sure. uh you'll 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 shoot and which means you'll do the same exact thing you did in basic you'll do another day like that and they're a joke they're there i mean and and it's not even to to shit on the people, the instructors or anything. It's just that you don't really get much training in like a day, especially when you're like pushing a ton of people through just to get them, you know, just to Mm -hmm. teach them. I mean, yeah, sure. You're sort of familiar, but it doesn't really mean a whole lot. I'd say your average, you know, I'd say your average gun owner probably has better, uh, better gun experience, uh, better, you know, gun safety knowledge than probably the average, you know, military member. Yeah, you know, hmm, So, sure. I mean, just if I was to just guess, you know, but, you know, say somebody has like one to three guns, probably is about the same, if not slightly better than your average military member. Like or in, there's nothing special that happens in the training you get in basic training or after. So, mm-hmm. like I said, it's different. Like if you're if you're obviously if you're like special forces, you're going to get a whole lot more if you're and Even then, if you're like a grunt, like a combat, you know, have a combat job. Sure. Probably get a little bit you, you you probably get a little bit more, but even then, I've heard from some of those guys, it's still nothing special. So it really is hit or miss. But the, the idea that like the military is some magical fucking authority on guns is just silly, especially for anyone who's been in the military. So yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. What's the uh, what's the percentage of support to to actual like combat personnel? I think it's it's ridiculously high. Yeah, I'm it's, sure it's even I mean, higher in like the Air Force.
0: I I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't know the exact. seventy percent. I always always hear people say ninety percent. Okay, but I I don't even know that. That may even be. I would actually almost think it would be more than that. But I I don't. That's why I always hear people say I don't know how much truth there is to it. But I'd say the vast majority of people in the military are non-combat jobs because if you think of way modern combat works, and I guess it's hard for people to envision because they don't really realize what all the military is like. A lot of the stuff that you think would just be like contracted jobs, you know, for some civilian is is a actual MOS is an actual job. So, sure. you, know, you know, so that's those they get filled up real quick. I mean, the military is really just a giant jobs program at the end of the day is what it is. So it makes sense that that's how it works, that hmm. instead of a lot of these jobs being shit, you just give it to some civilian. You know, is a contracted like position, it just ends up just being some position some other fucking new career field over time. It just grows and grows and grows. So yeah.
1: Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's one one common thing that I've heard is the people going and expecting to be a trigger puller and finding out that they're, you know, washing dishes or or maintaining aircraft or something. Yeah. (coughs) Excuse me. Hmm. Yeah. What's, um, excuse me, got a frog in my throat. I'll chew next time. Um, yeah. So what, um, what was a question that you expected me to ask that I didn't?
0: Oh, I don't know. I didn't really come into a whole lot of expectations. Okay. Uh, you, you,
1: you came in, uh, more prepared than I did then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't really.
0: Ha- didn't really have any uh, ideas in my head of other questions you asked. I think you did hit on sure. the major questions. So sure. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> yeah. Sometimes. Um, sometimes guys are like, "Well, I expect you ask this one." I'm like, "Oh, okay. That's a great question." <laughs> <laughs> so, huh? Yeah. How How would you say? How would you say that being in the military affected? Um, you personally, especially uh, I guess, especially after after being hmm. in the military. Oh, like me no, I'll make a note of that because I had another question. Uh, you know, nice. like what, <clears throat> what, uh, what part of being in the what, what aspect, or what was the kind of the biggest impact on you personally?
0: Huh. Uh, I mean, that's a hard question. There's a lot of different ways to go with that. I don't know. I mean, I can think of positives, negatives. Sure. Um. Huh. I I don't know. Uh, how has it impacted me? Uh, I mean, I guess it definitely has made me realize a lot of things I could have done differently. I, I do think it's, in a lot of ways, made me be more cognizant of what matters in life. Because mm, okay. uh, I have a 9-year-old, I have a 12-year-old that was in for 11 years. I, uh, so I spent most of their young life the military working a lot and, and that's not to say like i feel like i'm being like a baby a little bit like i only deployed once i was gone for four months i was tdy'd as well which was a short one um so i was with my family a lot but mm-hmm. it was like there's a lot of hours i worked a lot of times were like you know being in the military too like you know, in a, in a real job, you could like if they're like, "Hey, we're gonna have you work this hours," you you, you could be like, "No, I don't want to work this hours." Whereas in the military, they're like, "Hey, we need you to do weekend, do this time," and like, I mean, usually sometimes sure. it'll be reasonable if you have an excuse or this reason, like an actual legit reason. But a lot of times it'd be like, "Oh, my daughter has a soccer game or something." We're like, well, I mean, I'm sorry, your name's on the list or or whatever. And it's not to say that doesn't happen in a real job, but it's like you do always have that like you can legit just say no, and which I mean, technically, sure. you can in the military as well, but. uh uh not really it's sort of there's always a looming like some sort of judicial punishment over your head so right. i don't know it made me realize that like i guess i kind of just had. Uh, i put more emphasis on the things that matter instead of uh you know chasing that bullshit that was meaningless mm-hmm. um you know because it just i don't know i guess in some ways it's almost like that's like the the society's expectation uh path was the the thing i was chasing down and then retrospect i was like i feel like i got a whole lot different route and uh so it's i guess it's caused me to rethink things and uh put different emphasis on things as time goes forward so Mm. uh things i guess i wish i would learned a little bit earlier but i mean i guess i'm learning them now so i wish i'd put more emphasis on entrepreneurial type stuff or you know or allowing you know uh, essentially allowing it so i could have more time at uh, home with family uh, you know, I don't know. Being more flexible, like I, I just wish there's certain things I wish I'd put more value on. I mean, mm. it's also part of why I, I got out active as well, because it's like, a, I, uh, my like I'd been in the same base the entire time I was there, so there was no way that I was going to keep going. Uh, you know, I've been you know over a decade at the same pace, and uh, sure. there's no way I was going to be able to finish out my career like that. And I also was like. Uh, my kids have been here. This is where they have grown up their entire life. So it's like, I don't want to have to deal with that whenever that inevitably comes. So that was part of it. Sure. Um, you know, know, there's a whole lot of stuff. Uh, I can go different other angles and stuff I learned from it, but I don't know. I guess it just kind of allowed me to rethink things a little bit. I will say it did give me some advantages in a lot of way. Having a cushy government job made it so that like, uh, during the lockdowns, I was able to, uh, you know, basically fuck off, do a lot of reading, uh, I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I definitely there was benefits from the military, uh, but at in the end in of the other day, I feel like in a lot of ways, I kind of wasted a lot of time and that you know, could have been used in in other ways. So I, I don't know. I guess in in a certain sense, I I, I wish I'd never joined, but I mean, that's. I mean, I'll take what I got out of it and move forward. Sure. Do what I can with it, but yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, it's it's that's a hard question to answer. <laughs> but, yeah.
1: What What was the transition like getting out?
0: Uh, weird, but not bad. I mean, I'm yeah. still only like a year out. So, uh, mm, okay. yeah, I don't know. Not the, not too bad, I guess. Uh, well, I got pretty lucky and a job lined up after it. I also, um, I also part of what enabled me to get out was that I had been setting up, uh, more of like entrepreneurial stuff while I was in, I was building up a separate business while I was in making decent money sure uh, another thing that played into it is like with me backing away from that it allowed me to put more time into that other in, in, endeavor uh so yeah i don't know i mean it's been a hassle i mean i'm not gonna lie things have been tight in the past year i mean because i definitely when i was uh, active in military i was sitting pretty you know money wise i was sure. a, i feel like i was more cl- uh, more i feel like i have more time now like i said you know uh so i want to get to I, ideally want to get to the point to where i had a uh, I can get the money I had while I was in, but with the mon- the more time that I have now, and even more time as time goes on, because I I do value the time more, uh, with with the uh, the family than I do the uh, money. I, I guess the older I get, the more I, I seem to be valuing time over everything else. So, huh. you
1: know, but
0: yeah, as long as the huh. bills can get paid, as long as the, you know I have time with my family, and you know, you know that's that's what matters most to me. So,
1: right, right, yeah, huh. Yeah. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. Uh no any any final thoughts or or comments or plugs or anything or
0: uh yeah, I mean I can do my plugs. Wanna... Uh, I, I would say I appreciate you having me on. Um I'm always down to talk about whatever. Um yeah, but uh, like I said, uh I mentioned earlier, I have the No Way Jose show, just kinda talk about whatever, you know, fancies my interest. Um uh yeah, like I said I'll be doing OKC thing soon. Uh, I'm on uh, YouTube, all major auto packages, Odyssey as well. Uh, you know, I had my Tower Power Hour show. That's mostly on Odyssey, so definitely go check that out on Odyssey. Uh, that's a fun show. We have uh, we're doing our conspiracy month this week. We have this coming week. We have Josh Denny on. We had Mark Claire and Monica Perez on last week. Uh, that mm. was fun. We touched on uh, you know dinosaurs, whether they're real or not. They touched on the, we touched on the OKC bombings uh, and some other handful of things.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of How I Embraced the South. If you enjoyed the show, tell a friend. And as my Girl Scout den mother used to say, stay frosty.
0: Yeah, he's he's something else. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know.